Hagan me kashat mi la khalata de ki mamitim shuda ganu khalata de ki mamitim shokhna afar ke dosh ma shaba aghtema. Hoy shala rabenu akados ta de ki sodoram na khana me ko khokhma rabenu nakhman fegen ana nakhman nakhman me uman za khutam ta ganu khori salamen. So bizrat hashem let's get into the third uh the second section of Torah uh Torah yud. Bedam mashpatim and we start off at Odd Zion section 7. Um let's go up into it. Ve'a Torah hi gam ken bekhinat yadayim ve'ragayim. So now Rabbeinu is going to explain how this aspect of the hands and the feet, which we talked about with dancing and um, lifting up your and clapping your hands, um, how this is incorporated within the Torah. How the Torah also represents these two ideas of the hands and the feet. Because the Torah has two aspects, the concealed and the, and the revealed. The revealed aspects of the Torah are the aspect of the hands. My beloved sent his hand through the hole. What's this idea of through the through the hole? Through the hole, comes from the word, same words which means which means engraved. Engraved upon the luchot. What is the luchot? It's the revealed Torah, the Torah that we got at Sinai. This is the revealed part, and what is shalach His hands were sent through the hole. So if his hands were sent through the hole, what is his hand? What is the hole? The hole is charut al luchot. Charut has to do with the luchot. So we see that the yad and the luchot are one idea, which is the revealed part of the Torah. So the yad, the hand represents the revealed, the revealed aspects of the Torah. Benistar who bechinot raglin, raglin. The concealed parts of the Torah represent the legs. As it says in Shera Shirim, rounded thighs. What is this a reference to? The, the Gemara says, Mayarech Baseter. Just as the thighs are hidden, vechule, etc. So too the words of so too are the words of Torah hidden, as is brought down the, at the end of the Gemara. There, um, so we see here that there's the hidden aspects of the Torah, which represent the rounded thighs, and one of the thighs is part of the legs. So we see that the legs represent this um, this hidden part of the Torah. And the the general encompassment of the entire Torah is called the heart. When it encompasses both the hidden and the revealed, all of the Torah together is the heart. The Torah begins with the word Bereshit, which starts with the letter Bet, and it ends with the word Yisrael, which ends with the letter Lamed. So you see, put those two words, uh, two, those two letters together, the last letter of the Torah and the first letter of the Torah, you get Bet and Lamed, which is Lev, heart. That it is where the the Lev is the Mishkan of the Ruach. The Lev is where the Ruach dwells. The Spirit dwells in that uh, blows upon the six, um, uh, what do you call it? sections of the arm, the six sections of the legs, which we just explained to be the hidden parts of the Torah and the revealed parts of the Torah. This represents Mordechai and Esther. The aspects of Purim. This is the lottery which Haman just... Uh, that he made fall out on this Inyan Purim, where he he chose this lottery, uh, which day the Jewish people would would fall. And this all represents also the Inyan of Omer Seorim, the Omer offering, the uh, the Omer offering that we bring. Um, what do you call it? Between um, that we that we're gonna see here. It's the Inyan that the Omer offerings, the Omer that we bring between uh, Pesach and um, Shavuot. But you're going to see here that Mordechai was was engaged in the Omer offering whenever Haman saw him. We're going to see the story later. 
I think he bring, Rabbeinu brings it down. Because Haman represents the the idol worship. That he made himself into idol as it's in the Gemara Magila. So Haman represents idol worship. And this is why he made this lottery. This Goral. In the month which Moshe passed away. Adach. Because Moshe is the aspect of the person who nullifies Avodah Zarah, idol worship, which vise nikbar mul bet peor, and this is why he's buried opposite bet peor, kedele batel Avodah Zarah sheba peor, in order to nullify the Avodah Zarah that exists within this idol peor that we saw in lesson four. Rabbeinu, was, uh, Rabbeinu brings down that Moshe Rabbeinu was brought, was buried opposite uh, bet peor. Uh, look in lesson four. Rabbeinu goes into depth about this in a different light. And it says in the Gemara Sota, because Moshe is the divine. Um, uh, my bad. So in the Gemara Maseret Sota, it brings over there this idea that Moshe is very opposite because he is the one who has the power to combat Abu Zarah. And now Rabbeinu is going to add that Moshe is Moshe represents uh, what we call it. Moshe is the same numerical value of 345 as which is divine anger. So Charon Af and Moshe are the same numerical value as brought in the Megaleh Amukot. Because Moshe has the power to nullify the divine anger of that um, that occurs because of Avodah Zarah. As we know, whenever there's Avodah Zarah in the world, that there's divine anger in the world. Because why? Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who received the Torah. And what did he say the Torah? Represents the hands and the legs because there's two aspects. The, the, hidden, and the, the hidden and the revealed, which are the hands and the legs. And through the hands and the legs, one is able to nullify the Avodah Zarah, Avodah Talim, as we talked about in um, section 6, and uh, in the first half of this, uh, in the first half of lesson 10. And this is why he made this is why Haman made the lottery in the in the or the raffle or the day in which in, he he did this lottery in the, on the month in which Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. Because he, he thought that Moshe was already dead. And because Moshe is dead, then his strength to nullify idol worship is also dead. And there's no one else that's able to nullify the power of idol worship. This is why Haman thought that it would be the good time to um, to put that lottery in Adach. Because he thought that this is the month of Moshe's passing. And because now that Moshe is gone, no one else can but now Rabbi is going to explain why Mordechai and Esther had the power to nullify the idol worship of Haman. And this is why in the days of Mordechai and Esther, we receive the Torah again. It says in the, um, it's brought down in the Gemara Shabbat, it's also brought in Esther. This verse of they received, Kimu, they fulfilled the Kiblu and they received. What did that mean? In the Gemara Shabbat, it says, Kimu ve Kiblu, Kimu mashe Kiblu kovar. They fulfilled what they had already received. Meaning, what's the idea? That they re-received the Torah again and they're re-fulfilling it now. Um, so let's see let's see here what this really means. Veze, this is what it says, Kimu ve Kiblu. They fulfilled and they received. Kimu ze b'chinat the fulfillment of the Torah, this is the aspect of the legs, the Kibru is the Bechinat Yadayin, and the receiving is the aspect of the hand, and this represents the Torah in its entirety. Let's see here what this means. 
This is the aspect of Mordechai Vestech. Let's see here. Mordechai Morderor. Mordechai is a play on the words Morderor, as we know in Marachulin. Morderor is a sweet smelling uh, mor, sweet smelling like spice. Mordechai is this Morderor. This is his reference in the Torah. Morderor. Deror, and now Rabbeinu is going to play on this idea because Mordechai in the Torah is, a, is hidden within these words Mordechai. Now Rabbeinu is going to play on these words Mordechai to come to prove to us how Mordechai represents the hands. Deror leshon cherut. What is Mordechai? So Deror is an expression of cherut, freedom. And this represents the hands. How do we know this? Um, that we talked about earlier that his my beloved sent his hand through the whole sentence shira shirim what's hachor min acherut ala luchot the acherut ala luchot the engraving upon the luchot and acherut obviously is a play on the words um no my bad acherut ala luchot the engraving upon the luchot and acherut is a play on the words acherut which means freedom so we see here if deror means freedom and what is freedom it's a play on the words acherut which is the same idea of yadom min achor so we see how rabbanu brings all these psukim to tie together this idea of Mordechai being this idea of uh, the hands um, that we talked about earlier, and Esther represents the aspect of the thighs, Shokain, the thighs, which is the legs, um, as we talked about earlier, this idea of just as the thighs are hidden, so too the words of the Torah are hidden as well. This is um, Esther. This is the language, this is the expression of Purim. Because what is Purim? Purim, in the name Purim, has this idea of nullifying idol worship. It says, It says, In Yeshaya, the wine press, I have trodden alone. I trod, I, I've trodden alone on this wine press. What is this idea? Pura is this wine press. And the ending of the verse, and of the nations, there is no man with me. So we see here that this idea of Purim, uh, Purim is this inan of Pura, which is, nullif, which is this idea of the wine press. This is, at the top, this is a prophecy, by the way, in Yeshaya, which is a reference to uh, bring the Mashiach and obviously nullifying all of the Zarah. And it says, And of all the nations, there's no man with me, meaning the Avodat Elilim will be nullified at that time. This is why of all the nations, there's no man with me. I've trodden the wine press alone because now the only inyan is Hashem. There's no more Avodat Elilim. So this is the idea of Purim. Purim is Pura. It's the wine press. And the wine press is this prophecy that is brought down in Yeshaya. Um, that there's no Avodat Elilim anymore. And through the illumination of Mordechai Esther, which are the aspects of the hands and the legs, this is how one nullifies. This is how they nullified um, atheism. And what happened? Faith was gradient on their through them, through their behalf. It says about Mordechai that Mordechai raised Hadassa. This is a this is Esther. Uvaktiv. And what did it say about Esther? Kasher haita beomnaito. As she was being raised with him. What's this idea? Omna, we see that by he omen, and then we see haita ve omna ito. Omna, omen, it's all the idea of the words emuna, it's the same root. Because shenehem hem bechnat emuna. About both people, Mordechai and Esther has these psukim about emuna. Because why they both represent the aspect of faith. And this is all done through the aspect of the ruach that we talked about above. Now we're going to see how Esther and Mordechai represent the Sinyan of Ruach. Esther was said 
Because the essence of the Goyim, the, the other nations are dependent upon her, on Esther, which represent the le- who, who she represents the legs. Her feet descend down to death. What is this Inyan? So because the Inyan of the Avodat Kochavim, where they receive their strength, is through the aspect of Esther, so too the nullification of their strength is also through the aspect of Esther. So we see here, her feet go down to the death. This is the idea of the Raglaim, which we know is Esther, the legs, the thighs, which we talked about earlier. Go down to death. This is the Avodat Elilim. This is the Reshaim. This is the other nations who try to trample upon Am Yisrael. So the Goyim, they, they, they grasp onto the feet. But this is why Rabban was saying, because the Goyim received their strength from the feet, the feet, so too their nullification of their strength, so too the, the feet comes through the feet as well. This is why the main reparation and the tikkun, the rectification of the Avodah Zarah, of idol worship, is through Esther also. This is why Esther specifically was said through Ruach HaKodesh. Um, even though the truth is that also the tr- uh, the rectification of Avodah Zarah is also through Mordechai as we talked about above the idea of the hand but the truth is because of the fact that the main essence of Avodah Zarah is dependent upon her meaning they use her strength this is why therefore it's through her that the rectification is going to happen the main idea of the, re- the redemption is going to be through Esther and Mainly through Esther, not through Mordechai. This is why the Megillah is called Esther, not Mordechai. This is why it specifically said Esther was said with Ruach Kodesh. Because the Ruach is in the heart. And through the Ruach in the heart, you reveal the illumination of the hands and the legs. But the essence is that everything is dependent upon the legs. Which is Esther. Now we're seeing a lot of deep stuff. Is explaining the redemption comes through the woman, the Inyana Malchut, Esther. Um, we're going to see how Ramenu ties this together with Omer Seorim that we talked about at the beginning of sections 8. This is the aspect of the Omer Seorim, the barley offering. What is Omer? Omer represents Mordechai. Ayin Mor. How do we know this? Because Omer, if you play upon the words Omer, you have the letter Ayin at the beginning, which is Ayin, and then you have Mor. Mordor. What is Mor? It's Mordor that we said earlier. Mordechai is this nice-smelling Mor. This nice-smelling spice is brought down in the Torah. And what is Dror? Dror leshon cherut. Dror is an expression of freedom, which is charut ala luchot, which is the engraving upon the luchot, which we talked about earlier. And what is this inyan of charut ala luchot? It's shalach yadom that he sent his hand through the chor, which is cherut, charut. It's all the same thing. So the hand is Mordechai, it's Dror. Also, bring down. Don't say charut. Don't say engraving. Bring down charut. The union of freedom. This is the aspect of the Torah and its revealed aspect. How, what is the Torah when it's revealed? When it's in its revelation? This is whenever something is. Right face to face with you, it's revealed. So you see here, Ayn Mor is Mordor, and all the stuff about the, the Yadaim, 
and the Luchot, which is the revealed part of the Torah, and then you have Ayin, which is Ayin by Ayin, which is the revealed part of the Torah. So we see here that Mordechai represents the revealed part of the Torah. It's Omer, Omer Seorin, Ayin Mor. But let's see here how the Seorim represents Esther. So we see how Omer represents Mordechai Seorim. Seorim represents Esther, which was said in Ruach Hakodesh. It says in Dvarim. The wind blown rains, which are the the rains that come, the rains that are that are descend with lots of wind. Uh, upon the pastures, upon the fields, like wind blown rains upon the fields. Kis irim, you're gonna see seirim, the wind blown rains. We're gonna see here um, how seirim is obviously playing the words seorim. And what is this idea of seirim? Wind blown rains. We're gonna see why it's specifically wind blown. Because it's an expression of ruach, spirit, wind. Because the wind blown rains. This is why whenever Haman came to Mordechai, what did he see Mordechai doing? He saw Mordechai engage within this mitzvah of Omer Seorim, the barley offering. Um, so he said to them, Omer Seorim did ruach v'nitzach. So let's see here. Omer Seorim did ruach v'nitzach. One day, the Omer Sorim will come to defeat you. Otoved Banav, to reference to Haman and his children, Kamvama Midrash. As we know, Haman, uh, Mordechai said to Haman um, that it's through the Omer Seorim that the, um, the defeat of Haman will come. And this is whenever Haman saw Mordechai, um, what do you call it? Mordechai engaged within this. It's brought down the Midrash. Uh, Midrash Esther and Gemara Megillah also. Okay, through the Omer Sorim, which is the hands and the feet, which is the dancing and the clapping. One nullifies um, idol worship, which represents Haman. And what does Haman represent? He represents haughtiness. Because we saw earlier that dancing and clapping rep- nullifies haughtiness, who represents Haman. And Mordechai and Esther were the hands and the feet. Omer Seorim, Omer being the hands, and the Seorim being the feet. Kis Irim Aledeshe, the Ruach, which is Esther. All of this is the defeat of Haman. So we see that Moshe Rabbeinu, even though he passed away in, in uh, Adar, and even though Haman thought that Moshe didn't have the power anymore, to, no one had the power in that generation to defeat idol worship, we still see that um, um, Haman, uh, my bad, that Mordechai and Esther still had the Koach because they represented the hands and the feet. This is why Haman commanded um, to, to build a tree 50 amot high. Why? He wanted to nullify the strength of the 50 days of Sfirat Omer. The 50 each Amah representing one of the days of the Omer. Because what? He thought, he knew that this Inyan of the Omer Sorim would come to defeat him. So he decided to be 50 Amot high to defeat the Koach of Sfirat, uh, of Sfirat Omer, which is the 50 days of the barley offering, which is the strength of Mordechai Vester. So look how deep this is, Rabbeinu ties this together. Of the Inyan of Mordechai Vester, Omer Sorim, uh, Purim, and all the stuff with the dancing. And this is why it's so big to dance and to clap on Purim. Rabbeinu spoke about lots of things uh, with regard to dancing and clapping being with uh, having the big part to play within the redemption, and also the the beggar without feet, you know, in the in the story of the seven beggars, I'm going to bring down this inyan. He didn't reveal the beggars without feet. The beggar without feet. This last day of the story, look over there. You'll see lots of lots of awesome stuff, and I'm sure it has to do a lot with the dancing. Um, lots of deep things. Anyways, 
This is an explanation. We're going to go to the Gemara now. One time this merchant said to me, Come and I'll show you those who were swallowed up with Korach. We went. What happened? We saw two cracks. And from those two cracks, um, we saw smoke or fumes exiting these two cracks. We took a ball of wool. And we washed it in water. We put it at the edge, at the head of this um, of this uh, merchant spear, uh, spear. And we put it in there. We put it inside the cracks where the fumes were exiting. What happened when we removed the wool, the balls of wool? The, the balls of wool were scorched entirely. So he said to me, Listen, what do you hear? So Rabbi Bachana says, me and the group, we heard that they were screaming, that they were saying, Moshe Torah and we are false. This was Korach and his group saying this. Amarli, so the merchant said to me, me being Rabbi Bachana, every 30 days, Gehinam, hell, brings them over here, like meat in a pot, brings Korach and his crew to this place in the desert, wherever these cracks are. And they say like this, Moshe and his Torah is a met, and we are false. So let's see what this Gemara brings down, what is hiding within this Gemara. Let's see the Rashbam. What does it mean when it says? These are cracks. That the, the earth split, it cracked. What does it mean when it says? These are fumes or smoke. We took balls of wool. We took clump of wool and we soaked it in water. What happened whenever we dipped it inside, it came out scorched. It completely came out scorched even though that we scorched, even though we put it completely in water. What does it mean? Whenever the merchant tells them to listen, pay attention and and open up your ears. And we heard that they were saying. What did that mean? Um, that they went down into hell alive. That Korach and his group descended into Gainam um, alive. They didn't pass away and then descend. Every 30 days. This is every Rosh Chodesh. They come back to this place and they start screaming. Bekalachat, what does it mean that they came, they gain on, brings them here like meat in a pot? Bekalachat, in a pot? That they turn them over and around in order that they, Kedeshit in order that they get like burnt up and heated up. Okay, so obviously this very graphic sort of Gemara. And the Rajbam goes into, de- into depth. We're going to see what is really hiding under the surface here. Those who were swallowed up with Korach, it says in, in the Midrash, Korach min haya. Korach was, an, was a person who was an atheist, a min. He denied Hashem. This is the aspect of Avodatalinim minut. This is the aspect of atheism, Avodazara, idol worship. What did it mean whenever it says that we saw there were two cracks and from these two cracks were smoke coming out? 
This is the divine anger that is caused through atheism. So we see here this imagery of the two cracks and the smoke is the idea of that as long as there's Avodah in the world, then there's divine anger in the world. And what are these two cracks? It's the two nostrils of the nose that from the nose comes out the smoke. As it says, Allah Asham smoke came up his nose, his nostrils. So we see here these two cracks of the two nostrils through which divine anger exits. And they took a ball of wool. This is Amra. What is Amra? Wool? Omer. It's the, it's the uh, Omer offering. Omer, sorry. Canal, as we mentioned above. We dipped it in water. We soaked it in water. This is the aspect of Seorim. We're going to see here. Because what is, how does this represent Esther? This represents Seorim. This represents Seorim. The wind-blown rains. Or Omer Seorim, my bad, that's Seorim. This is the Seorim, Omer Seorim, the barley offering. This is the aspect of Esther Beruach HaKodesh. Esther, which was said Beruach HaKodesh, because Ruach is like Seorim, it's like the wind-blown rains, which is a play on the words Seorim. And what do we say Esther represents the legs? Because what do the legs represent? They represent brooks of water. Because they are the willows of the stream, like the... Uh, um, like what we shake on on uh, on Sukkot. The legs of a person are his guarantors. So we see Raglohi, the legs are compared to Arvin, guarantors. But Arvin is a play on the words Arve uh, or Aravot, which are willows. And what are willows? It's willows of the brooks, the spring, willows of water that grow by water. So we see. And what are the the legs? The legs are the aspect of uh, the brooks of water which we see from Tehidim. Um, and Shira uh, Shirim also, lots of different references. So we continue. So we see Arvin, guarantor is a reference to Arve Nachan, the willows of the brook, Afike Maim, which, which are the brooks of water. This is Esther. So we see that these two aspects, the wool, Omer, which is the Inyan of Amra, which is Omer, which is Mordechai, and we see the water, which is the Esther, come together. This is the combination of Esther, Mordechai, the legs, the feet, uh, the legs and the hands, and the clapping and the, and the, um, the dancing with your legs. We place the, the ball of wool at the top of the spear. What is this a reference to? Romach, what does it mean when it says spear? Daruachmen. This is a reference to Ruach Mem, the spirit of 40. What is this? We've seen this before. This is from the four spirits. Comes the spirit. Because what is the Mem? Mem is four corners. It's the, and it also represents the idea of 40, which is four. The four corners. This is the spirit of the Tzadik, which blows upon the hands and the legs. And what is the aspect of the head of the spirit, this is the tzaddik himself. Because it's from him, who all the ruach that comes out of, as he is the man who has spirit within him, that we talked about above. What does it mean that we the, the ball of wool came out completely scorched? When it says scorched, it's a language and expression of chayim, life and arichut. I mean, length of days. It's in the, in, uh, 
The slothful man will not roast his catch. Yacharoch will not roast his catch. But what's his idea? It's he won't be able to have charoch, which is ichrach chaim arichotamim. The slothful, the slothful man, the one who's slow, the one who isn't doesn't have a zizut, will not be able to have arichotamim and chaim, as is evident in that pasuk. Lo yichre ve lo yarich. He won't live, and he won't have length of days. What does it mean whenever it says it came out scorched? Leshon chaim arichotamim. This is life and length of this because through nullifying pride one merits avodat elinim hanu avodat elinim meaning hanu aledebitur gava meaning once one nullifies one's pride hanu avodat elinim which is idol worship considered idol worship then one's wisdom is as it should be it's in proper order as we talked about earlier that one who's um that his wisdom basically was removed from him we talked about earlier. So we see here that when one repairs his humility and one nullifies pride, then um, one's wisdom is there. It's proper. And through wisdom, one merits length of days and life. As it says, that wisdom brings life to its owner. So the merchant told Rabbi Barachana, come listen, and what did they hear? They heard Moshe Emet, Emet. Moshe is Emet, his Torah is Emet. Shehen Modina Emet, that Korach and his group are admitting to the truth. Because when one comes close to the Tzadikim, in order to receive from them the Ruach, and through this one nullifies Gava and and worship and even these people then recognize that are from the side of death, which is Korach and his group. Then even them they can come to realize the greatness of the Creator of Hashem And he said to me, So the merchant told Rabbi Bachana, every thirty days they Gainam brings them back here. And they say like this, Moshe Moshe is so what does Rabbeinu Shmuel say? Perash Rabbeinu Shmuel Bechol Chodesh He called the value Shoshoresh Because it says At every month Bechol Chodesh This is Anyan of Rosh Chodesh Every single month Why does it say every single, Bechol Chodesh Every month? He called the value Shoshoresh Because every single thing Has its root Veshoresh HaTshuva Hu Rosh Chodesh And what is the root of Tshuva? The root of the root of Tshuva Is Rosh Chodesh Ki Berosh Chodesh It's a new moon Ki Berosh Chodesh Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu Because on Rosh Chodesh What did Hashem say? Havi Olai Kabara Bring an atonement offering On my behalf Why on my behalf? Because Hashem diminished the moon At the beginning of time And then It's as if to say As if to say That Hashem is doing Tshuva for that act And it's imp- it's, It would be impossible For us to say this Unless the Chachamim said it As it's in the Gemara Shavuot as the Tzendig Marashvot in Daftet Amul Aleph, that Hashem is asking us to bring us an atonement offering on Rosh Chodesh on His behalf for the fact that He diminished the moon. So Rosh Chodesh is the Tshuva almost of Hashem in a sense, that Hashem comes and descends down to us. But the Inyan of Tshuva exists, is the root of Tshuva exists on Rosh Chodesh that we see here. This is the aspect of Tshuva. And this Tshuva of Hashem in essence, basically, comes and devolutes down and descends down into all those create all those creations, all of us on Rosh Chodesh. The feeling of tshuva exists within us on Rosh Chodesh. And this is why Korach and his congregation are forced to have some sort of regret on Rosh Chodesh. This is why in Rosh Chodesh they come back to that same place. 
to regret, to say, Moshe emet v'tochat emet. Why? But the tshuva doesn't, we're going to see what, how Rabbeinu expands. The tshuva doesn't benefit them. Because the essence of tshuva is only in this world. As it says in the Gemara, one who, one who toils like before Shabbat will eat on Shabbat. The idea of one who does his work in this world will come to have the reward up there. You cannot do tshuva up there because it's already past your time. And it's, we find that it's certain that niftarin baze that it doesn't absolve them that this doesn't absolve them this basically this this admitting that they regret and they they're basically admitting that Hashem is king and that Moshe zemet this praise of Hashem midin geinom obviously this doesn't absolve them from the judgment of geinom when they praise Hashem and they admit that they were wrong. This doesn't take away their punishment. This is why Gainam brings them over here every single month. Because they are not um, exempt from this. From the idea of admitting and from the idea of punishment of Gainam. And this is why it said in the Gemara Zohar, this is why it said in the Zohar and Tchuma, that there's no Gainam on Rosh Chodesh. As there is on other days, because Rabbeinu is explaining that the gainam of Rosh Chodesh is what is regret. That they are regretting, that they are admitting, and they are embarrassed. This in itself is their hell. And this is why the Gemara specifically specifies. This is why the merchant told Rabbi Bachanam, gainam brings them back here. That gainam basically returns them up to here. That they that they go back and they return, that they're doing tshuva in a sense, that they're returning back to this place with Modim and they're admitting, this is their Gehinam. That the Gehinam, which returns them back to here, is that their Gehinam is the returning. It's their Modim, it's their Hoda'a, it's their admitting that they were completely false and that Moshe and the Torah and Hashem were emet. See how awesome this is, how Rabbeinu brings it together. And this is an explanation of the first pasuk Rabbeinu brought at the beginning of what I said. These are the laws that you shall place before them. As we saw in the Gemara, in Ma'abat uh, Torah Zayin, we saw this pasuk brought down. Rabbeinu is going to explain it another way. And we saw the same Mechilta that he's going to bring down right now. It's in the Mechilta that you shall bring before them. What did that mean? This is to equate Lifnehem. What did I say before them? To equate man and woman that they're equal in all judgments of the Torah, meaning that they're all obligated. Perush, this is an explanation. Rabbanu is going to explain. That all the judgments of the Torah that one needs to sweeten. Now Rabbanu is translating dinim, not laws, but judgments now. That all the judgments that of the Torah that one needs to sweeten, one needs to equate, meaning to unify. You need to unify His divine presence. Which represents the man and the woman. You need to bring Mordechai and Esther together. We're going to see how he does this. How you do this. And we can already know from the lesson the scene of the feet and the legs. And this is an explanation. And these, what does it mean? And these, it says the word Ele, it's coming to add upon that which was already initially stated. This inan of Mosif, of adding here in this context, 
is an expression of tosfot de ribu. It's, it's, it's a multitude. It's too much. It's gava. It's, it's arrogance. Avodazara, which is idol worship. As it says, lo merubchem Hashem. Hashem didn't embrace you because of your great numbers. What did that mean? This is basically an explanation of Gava that Hashem doesn't embrace you because of your arrogance, your pride. No, because of your great numbers. No, Hashem specifically embraces you because you're small. This is the aspect of one who adds upon that which is already there. This is Hamanan Amalek. As it says, the first of all nations is Amalek. So what's the idea? Mosifa Lerishonim is adding upon that which is first. What's the first? It's Amalek. So what is Mosif? We talked about Mosif. The Inyana Mosif. Tosfot Veribu. This is Gava. What is Gava? It's the Reshit. It's Mosifa Lerishonim. So we see Mosif is the Inyana of Gava and Rishonim is the aspect of Amalek. So Amalek, Haman Amalek is the aspect of Gava. Betikono, how do you repair this? Hamishpatim, through Mishpatim. So we see this verse, Ve'ele is a reference to Gava, to Haman Amalek. And what's Hamishpatim? These are the laws, Bechinat Ruach. This is the aspect of Ruach. Kemosh HaKadov, Ul Ruach Mishpat. To the spirit of Mishpat, V'chol Meshivei HaMilchama. To those that turn back from battle, etc., etc. Kealadei HaRuach. It's the Ruach of Mishpat. It's the spirit of Mishpat. So we see that Mishpat represents Ruach. It's, it's, we're going to explain here. It's uh, in Yerm Tzadik, who has all the Ruach by him. Because it's through Ruach that one rectifies arrogance, which is idol worship. And through this, the ending of the verse is what? That you shall place before them. Why did before them? Because man and woman are equated in all the laws of the Torah. This is sweetening the judgments. What is dinim? Judgments in general. That one should sweeten judgments. How? He goes, because as long as there is idol worship in the world, there's divine anger and there's judgments in the world. But through the spirit that we mentioned, one unifies Hakadosh Baruch Hu and divine presence, and one sweetens judgment, and one removes divine anger from the world. And behold, the essence of all these things, Rabbanu is summarizing now. And obviously, Rabbanu is hiding lots of secrets within everything. Because we know every single word has chidushim and awesome secrets. But when Rabbanu is doing this, we have to know, we have to pay attention. Because it's very important. Because he's going through the inyanim over and over. And he's explaining what the, the essence, the main idea is. The essence of all the things that we just talked about is what? which represents Ruach, one makes, disappears the inyan of Elacher, which is idol worship. The idea of idol worship disappears, which is atheism, and through the Ruach of the Tzadik comes dancing and clapping, because through the Tzadik, through the Tzadik, the Ruach, which represents the Ruach, one's feet ascend, and what happens? The illumination of the hand becomes to be revealed. Comes to be revealed. In and faith is increased. is brought above. This is why it says about Yosef, who is tzaddik. tzaddik, who represents tzaddik. Look how awesome this is. Look how Ben brings this together. Paro tells him, without your permission, Yosef, no man in Egypt shall lift his hand and his feet. Why? Because now Rabbi is explaining. Because without Yosef, who represents the tzaddik, who is the tzaddik, it's impossible to ascend and to, to lift the feet and the legs. 
that we talked about earlier, to clap and to dance. And behold, of all the things that we are listening to, that the revealed aspect represents the hand, and the concealed is the aspect of the legs, which represents and now Rabban is explaining that even though the concealed is above that which is revealed, it's higher. The revelation of the revealed is in a higher place. Meaning, what is the revelation of the what is the revel, what is revelation? It's the hands we know, but the hands are higher. Then we know which what, that which is concealed, which is beragaim, which is the legs. Shehine matam which is below the leg, which is below the hands, as we see naturally. So if the legs are higher, if the legs are higher, meaning if the the inyan of the legs ester is higher than inyan modachai, the legs is higher than the feet, and we can see this from the, the last story, the seven beggars, very very deep stuff. How Rabenu explains this inyan of the, the beggar without feet, all this stuff. Then how does it make sense that the hands are above the feet? But here Rabbeinu is explaining the revelation of the hands is in a higher place, not spiritually, but physically, than the hands, than the, the legs, my bad, which is supposed to be higher. Rabbeinu said the, the matter is very, very deep. But this is the idea mentioned in the Zohar. The Tana'im, the, 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 the author of the Mishnah, the people who are at the Mishnah, the sages of the Mishnah, the Mishnah are the legs, are the thighs, the Amoraim Bayadain, and the, the Amoraim, the, the, the sages of the Gemara, are the hands. And even though the Tanaim are above the Amoraim, because even though we know the sages of the Mishnah are above the sages of the Gemara, nonetheless, they are still in a lower place than the place of the Amoraim. And the same is true of Nevi Iman Ktuvim And we already brought an answer on this. Look in. Um, at the end of Tikkun Ezoar, Daf Yud, Sham Mavoar in Yanzeh. Rabbeinu says, look over there at the end of Tikkun Ezoar, Tikkun Yud. You'll see it explained over there. All the Ezer Matan Kav Yad Rabbeinu Zab Be'atzmo Me Inan Torah Hanal Vezeu. Rabbi Nathan says, let's come look at this from the the, the manuscript of Rabbeinu that he speaks about this Torah. Let's come look at what he says. Ve'ele Mishpatim Mashatasim Vechule. These are the laws that you shall place before them. Vechule. Geut Muda'at Zod Bechol Haaretz. What did it say? It's in Yeshaya. This inyan of geut modaat zot bechol aret. Geut, this inyan of gava, is known upon all the earth. That it's despicable, Rabbeinu says. And you need to flee from this idea of geut, of gava. There's people that want to run after honor, and they want to rule, and to... to to lead the world. They, they believe that they have the power of God in their hands. That they believe that they can do pidyonot, that they believe they can do redemptions, and to pray lots of tefilot. And upon these people, these people with Gava, it says, Return the wife of this man, because he's a prophet. And he'll pray upon your behalf, and you shall live, it says, about this inyan that we talked about, of these people, this Abimelech who wants to rule. It's known that he desires the prayers of tzaddikim, and he needs and we need to go to the tzaddikim that they should pray on our behalf. But those who are arrogant, those they don't go to the tzaddikim that they should to seek 
by the tzaddikim that they should pray on their behalf. What do they do? They also don't let others go to the tzaddikim. That they should go to the tzaddikim and ask the tzaddikim to pray on their behalf. Because these these men of arrogance, what do they say? That they too are tzaddikim and they can pray also. And there's no tzaddik bigger than them in the entire earth. This is why they are called in the name Avimelech. Avi leshon raton. What is Avi? Avi melech. Avi is a, an expression of raton, desire. I want. Avi melech. I want. Avi melech. I want to rule. Leshon raton kemo velo ava Hashem elokech avukule. Hashem did not. Hashem your God did not want etc etc. This idea that they also want to rule. So Rabenu, Rabbi Nathan adds that little manuscript to Rabenu towards the end. But we see here the main ideas of clapping and dancing. The tzaddik I met. Going to the tzaddikim, that they should pray on our behalf. Lots of lots of deep stuff. The hands and the feet is seen of the redemption. Um, look in this lesson. There's lots of deep stuff into it. And may we have the merit to apply that which we study. Shukrabenu Akadosh.